Hey, welcome to the Tom VoiceOver Podcast. My name is Tom Jordan, and it's early in the morning. It is 4.29 a.m. I'm not even going to round it to 4.30, folks. This is just the reality of it all. I wanted to let you know that on today's podcast, I'm going to be giving away some free audiobooks. These are audiobooks that I've recorded recently, and uh, they're available for free. You know, you can you can listen to them and leave honest reviews on Audible if you want to, or uh, just listen to them and don't leave a review. There's no obligation. But I do have a couple that I'm going to be giving away here, so stay tuned for that, along with a couple of clips, which are exclusive content for you podcast listeners. So let's just continue right on with my journey as an audiobook narrator. Why do I start recording so darn early? Let's start there, I guess. I've always been a morning person, first of all. So this is uh, the quiet morning hours were a time when the kids were growing up, especially where I had my me time. This is the time where I could get projects done. That's why I started the podcasts when I did back in the 2006, 2007 era. Uh, Prior to that, see, my first boy was born in 1997. So I, you know, I had these hours in the morning that I knew were going to be pretty much uninterrupted, that I could get uh, certain things done. I record now, even though the kids are grown and my youngest is 19, I record now simply because it's the quietest outside. It's the quietest within my booth. You know, I've got this new booth that I've got this past uh, June, and it's fantastic. I could really record any time during the day, but I've got a day job that starts uh, about seven o'clock, kind of self-imposed hours, but I start it every day around seven. I like to get things done before then. Prior to having this vocal booth, I had a, a recording space up in my loft closet. A lot of people that are into voiceover um, start recording in closets. Just a small walk-in closet. Uh, I've got a couple of friends that used um, not even walk-in, just the kind that are carved into a wall um, with a mirror on them, and they managed to get a small small uh, chair in there with a little stand for an iPad, and they could read in there. The point is you, you just want to have a, a quiet space to record. My loft closet was big enough to where I could almost stand up at six foot two, but not quite. It had a slanting roof because it was uh, it was up, uh, well, it was in the loft, and I have a pitched roof, so I had to deal with that. But I sat, I had a desk up there. It was roughly, I had about six feet uh, long and five feet wide of space. That's why I created my current booth to those dimensions. I didn't want anything smaller than that. And, you know, it worked fine. The loft studio for, my gosh, man, five years uh, worked just great. And the problem was is that I did have to record early in the morning. I live very close to an, uh, an air base um, with helicopters that do maneuvers and all kinds of other things. So, you know, the double rotor helicopters and everything else. So recording early has always been a benefit. Um, another reason to wake up early for me. So the loft was fine. It was sound treated. It was not sound proofed. What's the difference? Sound treated means that it had, it had, uh, corrugated foam on the uh, inside of the walls so that my voice didn't bounce around and, and create an echoey sound, which is something you obviously don't want while you're recording. Um, it absorbed sound. I had a blanket, a moving blanket on top of the desk. Uh, so that the sound didn't bounce back up and hit the microphone from the desk. And even on the ceiling, I, it was it was sound treated there with that corrugated foam. So, you know, we had uh, that um, that worked fine, but it wasn't soundproof. So got the booth. Now I can record any time during the day, but I start my day job around 7 o'clock. Uh, I keep a very strong line between my, my narration and voiceover work and my day job. 
Now, the booth here is actually soundproof to a certain extent. I mean, it's uh, in order to get a real soundproof room, best thing to do if you're ever thinking about getting into voiceover or voice acting or audiobook narration is you have a basement room, something that's surrounded by earth. This is a freestanding structure in a room that's an interior room of my house, so relatively quiet. Um, I can still hear the whomp whomp of the uh, helicopter blades occasionally, and I'll have to stop reading um, if I'm, you know, doing some narration at lunch, for instance, my lunch hour. But other than that, it's fantastic. I love this thing. And it doubles as kind of a little uh, home office as well, um, something that was kind of a bonus that I wasn't really anticipating. You know, it's small, but it's not much smaller than a cubicle that I used to work in. So I like it. Let's dive into an audio book here that I've just recorded recently and is now out and doing uh, doing well. It's another Andrew Van Way horror novel. Uh, he writes some great books. I'm very fortunate to be working with him as his narrator. I'm currently doing his latest book, By the Light of Dead Stars. That one is uh, wrapping up right now, so that should be out within the next few weeks on Audible. But Head Like a Hole is just a fantastic, fun horror book. It's set in the 90s. Um, I'm going to give you guys a two-minute clip here that nobody else has access to. Um, this is not part of the retail sample. This is deeper into the book, and it is... Uh, I'm just going to let it speak for itself. I think it's... <laughs> you'll get the idea. With tenuous fingers, he twisted the wand, bathing the newspaper room in amber light. There was the campus quad, the fountain and statues. There was the bell tower and the fiery ivy climbing its walls, and here was a snail inching its way up the glass. A crimson trail oozed behind it, viscous and bubbly. That thumb-sized body, the glistening foot, the caramel shell tapping against glass. This wasn't a fragile snail found munching grass around campus. It was a whelk snail. He had spent most of his childhood stomping around tide pools and shores. This shouldn't be here. More whelks oozed up the glass, some as small as pennies, a few the size of his fist, all of them leaving foamy ribbons behind, turning the light through the window a sick shade of amber. Tinkety, tinkety, click. Tinkety, tinkety, click. Stomach roiling, he tapped the window where the whelk's glistening foot met the glass. The slimy flesh parted, revealing something that had no business being in a snail. An eye blinked back at Tom. It gazed around, gray pupil dilating and fixating on him. They all blinked now, all the snails glaring in through the glass. Next came the wet buzzing noise an incessant hum that drove him backward and into the shelf. Old newspapers spilled to the floor. The buzzing penetrated him, both terrible and familiar, a forgotten song sung out of tune between stations. It permeated his senses until it was deafening and blinding and all that he knew. So you can find Head Like a Hole on Audible and, um, and check it out. Um, if you want a free code for Head Like a Hole... I will hopefully have one available for you. I've got a limited number of these things, so connect with me uh, at my email, tom at tomvoiceover.com. So ask me about that one. I've also got another really great book called Old Fears by John Woolley and Ron Wolfe. Uh, finished this one also in December. 
This one is, uh, gosh, just a really great story. Um, it was written in the 80s, and it has a real um, real great small-town 80s vibe to it. And the, uh, the blurb states, It waits in the dark corners, in your closet, under your bed. It hides in the cellar, waiting, waiting until you least expect. Mick Winter spent three summers as a child with his aunt in a small rural town where everyone is your neighbor. He hasn't been back in twenty years, but when his aunt passes and leaves her house to him with the note, and you know why, he finds the old town exactly the way he remembers. Everything is the same, including the thing in the cellar he tried so hard to forget. So there was the blurb for it, and here is about two minutes of old fears. Um, again, exclusive content. Uh, this is not part of the retail sample. This is deep in the book. And uh, a little bit of setup for this one. This is a newspaper man, lifelong newspaper man, a journalist, who is being uh, attacked by the thing that haunts him the most, the printing press. He stood and walked to the door, noting the pounding of his heart as a fact and the copper taste in his mouth, the thickness of the air, the renewed hammering of the rain. He swung open the door and the press rose to meet him, lifting itself from its pit in the concrete floor. Simmons watched it almost calmly, almost coldly, taking note of the details. The legs, the black metallic scales, reptilian. But the back legs were covered with a coarse black hair. It lifted itself again, and its claws hit the concrete with a clacking and scraping sound. The source? Mythology. No. The back legs were from a textbook illustration of the monster Grindel from Beowulf. A college English text. Third shelf up, home library. Unsettling somehow. Never liked to look at it. An image half forgotten, very accurately reproduced. It moved toward him. The ribbon of a newsprint had ripped loose, had become a tongue that extended black and writhing. The sides of the machine took on rounded contours, muscles that bunched and extended, but were still metal, not alive. Sim engaged his reaction of fear, but beyond that there was a lack of surprise, disappointing in a way. Question. Is this it? Oh, come on now. Given seventy-one years of doubt and sleepless nights to draw on, given just the human nightmare of growing old and being alone, is there nothing more fearsome that could be tinkered together for me? It sank back onto its haunches, spring-loaded to leap toward him. Deadlines. His life had been pinioned by deadlines, and they had been met one by one, each on time. Now one more. The last one. He beheld the thing come for him, not in fear, but with interest, that it could leap so high. Okay, guys, I hope you've enjoyed these snippets of audiobooks. And again, uh, both of them are available for free for a limited time until I ran out of uh, promo codes. So send me an email, tom at tomvoiceover.com, and I'll, uh, I'll email you back the codes. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you next episode on the Tom VoiceOver Podcast.